Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. So this week, I kind of want to talk about something that I learned about back in 2019 that really changed my outlook about uh, the spiritual war and even the earthly war that goes on in the churches and in leadership and people who, like, like me, who are pastors, who get put into these situations and meet people all the time. Um, I never really understood this stuff until I experienced it more. Um, I know we've probably heard the phrase of so-and-so is acting like a wolf in sheep's clothing, where the idea is that a wolf dresses up like a sheep and enters into a flock to look like the sheep, and what happens? He, he, He starts devouring them. Well... Scripture talks about wolves quite a bit, and he, Paul, especially um, Peter, uh, also as well, have mentioned the the ideal phrasing of "be wary of people who will come in like wolves, and they'll be ferocious." Now, wolves are my favorite animals in creation. So it's, it's sometimes hard when you, you love wolves to see them used as a picture of evil because it's, but it's the best thing that fits the narrative of understanding what Jesus wanted us to understand. And one interesting part about wolves is that they, they also have their, their own hierarchy that they follow. They have an alpha, and the alpha usually picks a female, and then they're the ones that have the babies. Everybody else is kind of like their servants. Um, but at the same time, they all take care of themselves. So there's, there's a lot of good things you can learn from a wolf pack. But at the same time, what's interesting is the picture given to us to be wary about actually can be very real um so i got to experience kind of a mixture of two things but we're not going to talk about the second one which is about the jezebel spirit and even what some people even call the ahab spirit involved in this and speaking on spiritual battles we have to have a understanding that spiritual battles do exist. I think in today's culture, especially Western Christianity, we kind of don't see it as often because we're so focused in a culture that just gives you everything. So we don't pay attention to when Satan and his followers and even humans who are under the influence can be devastating. Can be very destructive and can be very how what you call it, vicious, I guess. And sometimes I've even seen it that people who are considered wolves aren't necessarily straight out and vicious either. They could be kind of connivingly sneaky about their intentions, um, but it's all for themselves. Now, I haven't shared much about my last job, but I'm not going to talk about location, the name of the church or whatever, but I did not leave that church with the best. I didn't get, I didn't get left. I didn't get 
I didn't get to leave that church the way that I was hoping to leave the church. Let's say it that way. And sadly, it's because people were under the influence of a wolf and also under the influence of a Jezebel spirit. Um, but I am going to share understanding of this. So the verses that always stepped up to me when I was studying on this was one was in Matthew 7, which Matthew definitely talks about. Uh, It's under Matthew 7 down at verse 15. Um, There's a lot of good stuff above that you need to need to learn, but it's not about specifically about wolves. So you get to verse 15. It says, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from the thorn bushes or figs from a thistle? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you identify a tree by its fruits, so you can identify people by their actions. So, um, in the situation that I got th- thrown into, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was going to be new to God. God knew it was going to happen this way. And, but at the same time, I think God also gave the one person the capability of steering the church in the right direction. And instead, this person chose a person without any counsel from anybody based on what they wanted over what church needed. So instead of bringing someone aboard who honored God and loved God, they ended up tearing down and destroying the ministry they got put over. The other thing was that another person I I think was maybe a wolf. They tried to use their money and their prestige, their desire to be in leadership of the church as the format to trying to get their hands and feet under, I know, inside the leadership. So they thought by flaunting their money that eventually they'll gain power. So the key thing about wolves, and this is not uncommon. Like, I honestly didn't realize how common many pastors and leaders and people have gone through a similar experience of seeing a wolf in action. So as I was doing a lot of researching and article searching, scripture searching, I... I mean, there's a lot of things like there's not, you're not going to find in scripture every single thing about just wolves. Like there's like this big list, but there is stuff that talks about character, talks about um, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to be. If we're a Christian, this is what should be seen. I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of go on in the big picture of understanding what you're supposed to look for. But it also talks about how conniving and sneaky Satan is. And you got to remember, see, the, the, the idea behind this whole thing, you got to remember that Satan wants to destroy the church. He doesn't want it to succeed. He doesn't want you to succeed. 
And as men, he doesn't want us to be leading. He doesn't want us to be leading our families. He definitely doesn't want to be want us to be leading inside the church in some way. He doesn't want us to be active. He wants us to sit back, give our tithes, and let someone else do the work. Because he understands if he can keep you and I from doing anything, that's less people doing something. So I often look at it, if a church is not being attacked for anything, then most likely that church is doing everything that Satan wants. Because why would he want to attack something that isn't doing anything. Maybe there's no point in creating chaos and, and destruction in something that doesn't need to be doing it because it's doing it on its own. So a lot of times what happens is that people who get sent to these churches to kind of light a fire or revive something about it or to revitalize it, a lot of times they're under attack. Why? Because the rest of the church is usually not moving forward, and these people come in and try to help a church to move forward. And those are the people that may experience more of the, the vicious attacks and destruction or hurt or pain because they're trying to do something. And then what happens is that Satan's smart is if people start changing and they start actually doing the same thing and they're starting to be revitalized and they're starting to grow in their faith then he starts attacking them you see the idea behind a wolf in sheep's clothing is to destroy it's to keep people like under fear and stuck underneath their design of what a weakness I guess you could say and it's very real. You can find articles about pastors who share about stories. There's even um, sermons on this on these subjects. Uh, one of my favorite is uh, um, Robert Morris. I think is his name again. Let me look up the name real quick. But he actually talks about what we're going to talk about next week, which is Jezebel's spirit. This one is an interesting subject, but we're going to stay focused on. Yeah, Robert Morris. Uh, let's see. If we can remember the name. So if you were to go on YouTube and look it up, it's called Stop Tolerating the Jezebel Spirit. If you want to get a kind of like a pre-understanding of what we're going to kind of talk about, this is this will be the sermon for you. So once again, it's called Stop Tolerating the Jezebel Spirit by Robert Robert Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S, and he's the pastor of Gateway. So all that should be able to help you find where you need to find. But anyway, um, you can look up a lot of this stuff because people do actually talk about it. They talk about a lot about the Jezebel spirit quite a bit because in Scripture, and especially in Revelations, it talks about it. Um, and plus, if you know who Jezebel is, Jezebel is in the Old Testament, uh, the queen of Israel who almost destroyed Israel basically so she was like a wolf in sheep's clothing but not at the same time because she was more directed by an evil spirit to do wrong so the idea is that I wanted to talk about today is more about wolves and more about the battle so what we don't understand I think in the western culture is the feeling and hardship of persecution or prosecution 
or uh, being treated really bad for our beliefs. Though I can say in 2020, you're starting to see a little bit of what it could be like. Um, especially when you're choosing who to vote based on feelings. Big mistake. You don't you don't choose it on feelings. You choose it on basically standards of scripture. You take what you should be studying in your scripture and you apply it to the platforms that are being presented to you and you pick the best that you can to fit in God's likeness. And things that I don't understand why Christians just ignore are the things that God says that are horrible. I mean, abortion and child sacrifices are pretty much on the same type of boat. But uh, to me, I think child sacrifices are kind of worse because they were babies that were born already and they would throw their babies into these fires for sacrifice to a, a false god. And guess what? Israel did that. So God wasn't excited about that. He didn't say, oh, well, that's your choice and that's your decision. And, you know, the fact that even though I say that, you know, you're supposed to do it this way, which is through lamb or through a dove, but you're doing it with a child to a false god, you know, of course God doesn't mean anything bad. You know, he's not going to punish you for it. No, of course he is, guys. So the idea is that you see what happens is our philosophies and ideals that are supposed to be scripturally based start gaining influence. And that's a way how wolves can enter into our churches and start changing the plan, basically. So instead of seeing, instead of seeing churches be effective and and fighting for truth and transforming truth and building a gospel grace-filled church they are trying to fit into the culture so a wolf doesn't have to come in and necessarily destroy that church because technically a church that starts trying to fit into the world is going to be self-destructing itself so what do wolves look for? What are, what are wolves trying to get? And where are they supposed to be heading into? What kind of churches are they looking for? Well, one, I think they're looking for churches that are growing fast, a pastor who's walking on, on faith and truth and is teaching scripturally. I think wolves look for churches that um, were definitely or are definitely effective in their communities. And wolves are looking for ways to gain in power. Now, a wolf's objective for power is not for Christ-likeness. It may appear to be. It may look like it. Because they, they're a good talker. They appear to be walking the way they're supposed to be walking. They say the right things. I mean, technically, even an unsafe person could sound like a Christian and not be a Christian. I mean, it's, it's all about kind of the charisma and charm of that person. You know, it, sometimes it's maybe because they look good or it could be how they act. Um, that's what I think they talk about, especially in Matthew 7, about the fruit. I think the fruit is the way to be able to tell if someone is walking the way they're supposed to be walking or if they're a Christian. 
because even a Christian can fall away from the truth and start living a life that they shouldn't. But someone who's getting put into like leadership or trying to get into leadership, they usually, they want to know how to gain power. Like when you start hearing, especially if you're a pastor, if you're a pastor and listening to this, if you have someone who's getting close to leadership, who's getting close to maybe even you, and they keep kind of talking about how to gain power or how to get stuff going. Like if they have ideas, how do I get the right people to to vote for me? How do I get the right people to pick what I want to do? When you start hearing certain phrases quite a bit from the same person, that's a red flag. You need to be wary. The other thing too is the the way they talk about scripture. The way they try to use scripture or use odd times I think even legalistic methods to gain what they want out of things where they're able to take a whole conversation and twist it around so much so to when they get to their point that's when they start showing their teeth a little bit like I've, I've seen it happen right in front of me where we're talking about A and it turned into B and then suddenly it turned to the actual problem which was actually A1 I guess and they twisted it all around to try to make me look bad when it wasn't as bad as they are making so a lot of times a wolf if they f- see let me let's backtrack a little bit so this is what I've learned about the wolf themselves. So when they come in, one thing, like I said, they will try to get close to senior pastors or leadership members, councils, whatever you may have in your church, your deacons. Yeah, sometimes sometimes a wolf will be smart. They may not go to the top brass, basically, of the church. They may do like the deacons before dealing with like elders and the, and the pastor staff, pastoral staff. Why? Because they need to gain support. Because here's the idea. A wolf alpha-minded person, okay, they need followers. And they need to get the right followers. So a lot of times they may start out, I guess you could say, with the membership, but people of membership who have connections to leadership, okay? And they'll befriend them, but it's not really a friendship. They'll, they'll be kind to them, they'll, they'll be considerate, but they never have the intention of really caring about you. And then once your usefulness is dealt with or done, then they may just drop you altogether and then focus on the next stage of what they're trying to do. And then they keep moving up, 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 trying to gain power. So they may make friends with the deacons, the deacons are like, hey, you know, we should put this person in the leadership, and then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, and then they join in, they're like, oh, you know, thank you guys for inviting me to be part of this, and then they start through there, they start trying to figure out how to kind of move up and gain power, and, you know, if it's a smaller church, they may just focus on, like, the senior pastor or the pastoral staff to see how they can gain more power, or if they even get hired, which is what my experience was, hired for a ministry position, they use that to try to gain a pack or at least a flock who trusts them. And then they may have people who 
have wolf tendencies um, where they could see that this person could be pretty powerful, but I gotta get them to be under underneath me. Though when they approach you, it's about us or we being together, but in reality, it's they have the power because of position. They'll use that to overthrow your alphaness, basically, and not give you a chance to speak or to lead unless they say it's okay. And as long as they get something out of it, okay? So they slowly creep in. Um, and then they seek out those relationships that they need, okay? that that's, This is the scary part about how wolves work. So I'm going to take a quick break. Um, I hope this piques your interest. The next one may be slightly a little bit longer because I do kind of have a lot to say in a lot of ways just because of the experience I've been through. But I want you guys to really think about it, especially if you're in churches. I mean, as men in churches, we should be on guard on people who want to be wolves in our church. And a lot of times you may not see it until it's almost too late. Or if you do finally see it, it's going to be really, really, really hard to get people to see it, see it differently. So well, I'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, as we were talking about, we're talking about wolves and kind of like how they get into position. You see, when they get hired, there's the person to blame is the person who hired them. Because, well, now I'm going to rephrase that. The person to blame in this is not asking or seeking out the Holy Spirit. So it's yourself. If you hired them or if another person hired them, if they weren't seeking out God's guidance and leading... Um, especially in my case where this person decided to do it because it's what he wanted instead of what God wanted. He chose this person and this person turned out to be, in my opinion, a very vicious wolf. This person came in and destroyed the ministry that they were over and then worked on my character, worked on my wife's character, trying to make us look like we are incompetent that we are basically the wolves which was very interesting and eventually in, in just a quick couple months became the victim and alpha wolf all at the same time you see wolves don't want to reveal who they are until the right moment and the right moment is when they think they have the power and capability of taking control. If any of you guys know who Mark Driscoll is, he used to be Mars Hill's pastor until he kind of fell off the boat and started doing things he shouldn't have. And now he's a pastor of another church. And supposedly he's changed, but I'm not 100%, 100% sure though. But his book that he wrote on... His experience of starting Mars Hill has a really good picture of a wolf in sheep's clothing. And in his case, he was a young pastor starting a church. The church was growing very quickly. And a 
quote-unquote experienced older pastor came to the church and he offered advice he needed help he needed someone to lead something you know he was very open to helping them fit you know to to fit in to figure out how he can be a part of this church and help in any way possible well as time went um, God did give Mark Driscoll a vision where he had a man where he had to go back like well he was inside the church he was holding his Bible and a man came through these two, two doors that are in the church like literally doors that were in the church basically told him that he's taking this church from him and he, you know, he woke up like, you know, like who would do that? Who would do that? See, the thing is, what's interesting is he had no clue who this guy, who the guy was in his dream. And that should be one thing that should get you really worried, because the fact is, he couldn't even think of somebody in his mind who who this person could be. That's how good wolves can be. So what it turned out to be was that same man who came in who wanted to help him, but turned out to be, well, a wolf. And the same thing kind of happened. He had left his Bible in the church, so he went back and grabbed his Bible and started walking, and this man came through the two doors and basically straightforward told him that he was taking his church from him. And Mark Driscoll did what he was supposed to. He told the man, get out of my church, kicked him out, and told him never to come back. The thing is, this man didn't have as much support as he thought he did. In my case, I think God pulled me out of the situation because he didn't want me to fight the situation. It was his battle that he was going to deal with, not mine to deal with anymore. So as time went, they may have kicked me out, but God pulled me out. He used circumstances to get my wife and I out. Um, And I can tell you this, that wolf is not there anymore. And that church is basically dying. Um... And I think it's part of the consequences of God is placing on that church for the leadership sake. So God did give me three words, implosion, restoration, then growth will come in that church. I don't know when it'll happen. I think there's been a huge implosion. Uh, It's a dying church, basically, though they don't see this that. They see themselves as a big, happy family. But God's going to allow consequences to catch up. I really think that's what's going to happen. Anyway, wolves gain power, and they get it. And once they have it, they still want more. They're never satisfied. The scary part about a wolf in your church is that they'll appear to help and be kind and loving to people, but only for their sake so in other words only to make themselves look good to appear godly to, to appear wholesome and strong and loving to the members of the church but in reality if you pull yourself back and watch they don't do anything for that person only in that moment uh, like something big like a pregnancy or they're having a hard time and they helped them for like a week and then they're like, oh, well, you know, I did, I did my job. And then, you know, they, they pick up their bootstraps and they hold their shirt up. Like, look how good I am. When in reality, helping people is never like it never stops. So 
you know, a woman may have got pregnant and she had a baby and helping her for the first month and then kind of just leaving her in the dust and not even trying to help her after that. You didn't do anything. It's after all that. It's it's helping with her other kids and, and kind of being a, a model for her sons. And, and if she doesn't have a good husband or something or or maybe she has a good husband, but you know she still needs help with her kids at church and stuff like that. There's there's a lot more work to be had. You know she had this pregnancy, but she also has other responsibilities. You know, it's a lot of work. Or you know if it's another case, um, you know someone having struggles with sin, and you kind of gave them advice for like one month, and then you kind of left them alone. And now you don't even check on them, you don't talk to them, you don't pray with them, you don't continue it, and you just kind of leave them out in the boonies to kind of deal with their problems you know do you do you think just because you helped in that one point that was enough and i was arrested that i mean that's what wolves kind of do because all they're trying to do is gain support and power and control and have people see it it's all about the appearance and then they may even talk about trying to dress right for things and to dress with a dress and every little thing and make everything so glamorous you know and if you don't agree with them that's when the real wolf comes out so the warning is to all of you who may not realize but you may be a sheep following wolf if you disagree with something you've never said anything to that person and you want to test it out disagree I can tell you this, you'll see the teeth, maybe even the claws, and they'll show some of their cards. But the problem is, if the influence has been there for, for, if the influence is strong enough, so, I mean, remember, this this other wolf was only there for two months and destroyed everything that, uh, that, was, that was going on in that church for me. And gained people to follow her easy peasy. Because... Another problem with some of these churches is that they're looking for someone to fix everything. So, kind of interestingly, it's kind of like Jesus, because they're expecting Jesus to be a king to come in on a horse as a warrior to, to release them from Rome and to avenge their their captivity in the Rome and become king over Israel again. I mean, that's not what Jesus' purpose was. It's the same concept because this person wants to be loved so much that they'll destroy anybody's life around them to keep it. So that even includes those that follow that person. And this is the reason why. An alpha wolf-minded vicious wolf in your church will not like anybody above them. So if someone starts challenging them <clears throat> or starts questioning their authority or their influence or their decisions, what they'll do is they will make your life miserable and they'll do everything possible to make people think how horrible you are. So there is another verse that are actually it's kind of a chapter if you read second peter 2 sometimes the title is called the danger of false teachers so we'll start at verse 1 real quick before we continue that thought 
But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be te- false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies, even deny the master who bought them. And <clears throat> in this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teachings and in shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. And in their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of, of your money. But God condemned them long ago. And their destruction will not be delayed. <clears throat> so... This next few, the verses, you know, is good, but the part that I want to talk about is verse 10b, I guess. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. But the angels, who are far greater in power and strength, do not dare to bring, dare not, wait, excuse me, do not dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against those supernatural beings. These false teachers, as verse 12, are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things they do not understand, and like animals, they will be destroyed. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They They are disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception, even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals. They commit adultery with their eyes, and their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin, and they are well trained in greed. They live under God's curse. They have wandered off the road and follow the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. <clears throat> but Balaam was stopped by his made course, I think his mad course, excuse me, when his donkey rebuked him with a voice, a human voice. And these people are useless as dried up springs or mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty foolish boasting, with an appeal to twist all the sexual desires. They lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. So the idea is, guys, if there's wolves in your church, you will be able to start seeing some of this stuff if you're paying attention. If you're seeking out God's truth, you're seeking out God to reveal wolves, and I would ask this in your church. Like you don't have to go to your pastor about it or anything, but for your sake as a man, a leader in your church, you should ask God to reveal to you if there is any wolves in your church. Okay. You see, I don't think there are not not wolves in churches. I do think there are wolves in churches. And sometimes these wolves could be planted there for a while, especially in like in my case, when a church is starting to recognize that they need to do something more and people are changing, people are growing. Satan will send a wolf into the church to try to break that. And the only way that that breaking will happen 
is if the leadership allows it. And sometimes one person in the leadership may see that the problem is. And if they try to voice it or say anything, they get treated as a leopard. They get pushed to the side. They are asked to step it up and be more loving and caring, which to me, there's a lot of parts to this that are outside of stuff that we've talked about too, out of this picture. And I think what happens is that we forget that people can make mistakes. We forget that people are sinners. We forget that people, not even good leaders can still fall. And we kind of forget that. We kind of treat leadership as if like they can't fail. And then we blame somebody if it seems like there's division being created. And ironically, in my case, they all pointed at me as being the vision maker when in reality the division maker was the wolf who came in and just destroyed or took everything and twisted it all around i was there for two and a half years before this person even existed in anybody else's mind and they came in and got all these people to look at me wrong and differently and it was very sad because I honestly thought these people were my friends. Um, but in reality, what it is is that God, God is awesome. So as hard as it will be, because like when we kind of talk about Jezebel Spirit next week, the hard, as hard as it, it can be for the people who are under the tack of the, of the wolf, God is still under control of the situation. And I could tell you this, it got really hard. Now, the other part that I want to point out is that and you know what? We may actually have a third one about just what we're supposed to be like in a church as shepherds and leaders and, and more of the men. But I, I want you men to understand that we can protect our churches. You know, we have the capability of just understanding discernment, recognizing leaders or people in the church who don't have the interests of God, but have the interests of self and, and recognize it. That's why I'm telling you this week, even this month, because it may take a while for it to be any wolf to be revealed in your church. And if you don't have one, great. But then you got to also ask yourself, how effective is your church being? I mean, is it outreaching? Because your senior pastor should be leading you guys to be grace-filled warriors, basically. Going out, giving the gospel, sharing the gospel, reaching the community, being loving, but also recognizing, hey, sin is sin, and we need to stop the sin. The idea behind all this is what spurred me seeing and recognizing what was happening to me and what was going on. You see, 
you may find allies, you may find people that can see the same thing you're seeing, but in overall reality, what's going to happen is they will be destructive. And there, there will be people that will be hurt. They will bring in spirits in that church. And if you, and one, one thing you can recognize is there's something going on in your church and you can't figure out what it is. And it feels like it's gotten worse or there's like a dark presence in your church. Start praying. Holy Spirit will tell you and give you discernment. You need to ask for it. So you kind of notice in the last few years, your church has kind of gone in a different direction. Instead of leaving it, ask God to reveal, is there a wolf in our church that's causing this chaos? Is there an evil spirit being brought in by, that's where the Jezebel spirit comes in, by leadership or somebody who is doing something that's just not, it doesn't feel like it's you, Lord. Ask God for that, because I could tell you this, as men, we should be, I hate using this kind of word, but gatekeepers of our church, even though that's it's a good term because in scripture and Psalms it does talk about the gatekeepers open the door for the for the shepherd to come in, which is Jesus. We should be gatekeeping our church. That's why I don't think men should be quiet. I don't think men should be sitting down and just giving their tithes. I think men should be involved. They should get into leadership positions if they can, uh, lead uh, like in youth group, children's programs, small groups. I think men should be more willing to help and jumping in where they can help um, find ways to support the pastoral staff, you know, pray over them, encourage them. Because um, you don't need power to be useful. That's what I'm trying to say. Because we'll seek out power to gain power. Okay. <clears throat> so they'll seek out opportunities to be in a position of power. And I'm telling you, you don't need that, but you need to be aware, open, paying attention. You need to be there for your senior pastors. You need to encourage them because I can tell you this, if if they're seeing battles around them, sometimes they feel like they're doing it alone and they need to know that they're not. Um, one of the things I hear from some pastors is it's hard to make friendships with people. And I don't want to believe that is true. Sadly, my last experience you know, made me wonder about it. But at the same time, I don't I don't believe it's true. I, I think what happens is certain people have their own personal struggles they've never really dealt with and they're afraid to have that closeness with somebody. Um, and wolves sometimes take advantage of this by jumping in and being a support for the pastor and they turn out trying to gain power basically so that's why it's hard sometimes but I want you as men to understand today you know, after all I've talked about they come in they're there and it could be in your church and you need to be willing to ask God to reveal you need to be willing to step up in prayer and if there's men that you could trust in your church that you, you that you could talk to about this without feeling like they're just going to share to everybody or talk to the pastor about it, but they're willing to talk to you about it, great. Because allies are going to be what you need. If there's a wolf, you can't do it alone. You can't face a wolf alone because a lot of times by the time you realize that they've already dug their feet in pretty good. And in my case, I figured it out, but 
they've had enough influence to make people doubt me, which was very sad to hear and see. And they disrupted my ministry by trying to make it be the way they wanted it, by influencing parents and even kids in the youth group to try to force me to be different. And I said no. I I did not allow it, and she went after me. And it was interesting. And the Jezebel spirit was very aggressive. So that's the thing. But the wolf went after me their own way. The See, there's like two parts to my story because the Jezebel spirit, she came in and just tried everything to disrupt and hurt my wife and myself and try to cause issue. And the wolf in the church did their part. So as the spirit influenced the wolf use that influence support to change people's minds about me um, to work on a parent a couple parents and a couple siblings and they thought they were doing right because the the wolf was telling them that that this needs to happen this person that i need to go is basically what i got out of the whole gist of this so be mindful of that. I want you guys to understand that it's not just me that's happening. It's not just church leaders. Guys, it could be happening in your church right now and you need to pay attention. So I hope that, that this will be encouraging, challenging, and helping you with discernment to pay attention that there is a battlefield around us. And our church is one battlefield that Satan doesn't want to see grow. So, like I said, there's two things. If your church is like nothing's ever happening, it doesn't seem like bad things are happening, then it may be something to think about what your church is not doing. Because like I said, <clears throat> the enemy is not going to attack something that isn't doing anything. But let's say your church is doing stuff and there is stuff going on and you kind of notice there's a lot of bad things that keep happening to members of the church, even the pastor's struggling. If you're the pastor and you're struggling, that means that you're trying to do what God wants to do in a lot of ways. That means there is good things happening because and God's because you're doing what God wants and so the enemy wants to destroy that and they'll take those opportunities to go after you so be wary of that too so let me pray for you all dearly father thank you for this day thank you for all that you do for us I thank you for your wisdom I thank you for giving us discernment the ability to see evil um, I pray today that any of these men that are listening to to this that that they'll recognize that there's still more they have to do as leaders in their church and to become leaders of their church because there is evil that wants to destroy church, wants to destroy their family, wants to make sure that they are not doing what God wants. So I ask today that you give them courage to pray about this, that you would reveal to them if there is a wolf in their church trying to destroy it. And someone, even if it is their pastor, Lord, that they pray about it and they find allies that you start revealing truth in the, in the church. And you allow this to be a way to heal the church because as they can see where the problem lies, that their, their eyes will be open to the destruction of what's going on in the church. And Lord, if they're being influenced even at work, 
you know, give him the courage and strength to stand up against it, not be fearful of it. But I ask, Lord, today that you would just help them this, in this moment to not be fearful and to not be scared. Do not be influenced by the evil spirits that could be around them and let alone not to be influenced by this wolf that could be in their life. That they'll recognize and have discernment of what is true and what is a lie. Because like your scripture says, their fruit will be seen. You see, the one thing, Lord, that I learned through my experience is wolf has no fruit. And they make it look like they do. So I ask, Lord, that you give wisdom to each of the men that are listening to this, that they are able to see the truth and see the bad fruit. Thank you for all that you've done for these men, and I pray that any men that are struggling today in their walk, that you would give them courage to step up and do what is right, to be upright, to be godly men, to be righteous men, and let them turn from their sins. If there's any of them that don't know you, Lord, that today will be the day that they recognize that you are their king, and they need to repent, turn from this world, turn from their sin ask you to be their savior and ask you to teach him how to follow you correctly thank you for all that you do for us lord you're an amazing god in jesus name amen may your day be blessed Music